SV Pod is presented by DraftKings. And coming up today, we'll chat with the one guy who I thought was uniquely positioned to talk about Kobe Bryant, a man who played against, covered while working for TNT, and coached against. And that's Golden State Warriors head coach Steve Kerr. Always appreciate his perspective, and as always, he's thoughtful. I think you'll enjoy conversation on a, a topic that has dominated the airwaves for the past few days and in a whole lot of fun, but life's about context, and Steve has great context and perspective as it relates to Kobe Bryant. If today's podcast is something that you like, make sure you check out the Woj Pod, download and subscribe to the Woj Pod and the SV Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Hiring's a challenge, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart, and growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. Cafe Altura's COO Dylan Miskowitz experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. But then he switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you can too, by signing up free at ZipRecruiter.com slash SVPod. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates faster. In fact, after posting his job to ZipRecruiter, Dylan said he was amazed by how quickly great candidates were applying, and he found his new director of coffee in just a few days. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our website, ZipRecruiter.com slash SVPod. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash SVPod. Welcome in. It's SVPod. Number three, Stanford Steve is here. Super Bowl week. Mm-hmm. Through the years, we were on the road for a bunch of these. Yes, we were. Some good, some bad. Right? Yeah, fair, correct. Fair, fair 50-50. To, fair to say. I like to say. I mean, I think more good than bad. Yeah, for you sure. Know, some memorable, memorable moments where we, where we, you know, detoured into some, some uh, rough, things, troubled, troubled waters, things, or bourbon and waters, whatever the case may be. <laughs> you know. Gets a little, gets late early in some towns. Sure does. And we'll talk about the Super Bowl. I'll tell you the storyline that I am most interested in. Tell you who I think is going to win and why. Curious what the big fella Stanford Steve thinks as well. But obviously, the conversation in sports since Sunday afternoon has been about one topic, and that is the the tragic passing of Kobe Bryant, his 13 year old daughter Gigi. They were two of nine who died in a helicopter crash on Sunday. And in the world we live in now, Steve, where we find out things in this odd and immediate way, I'm on my couch watching Maryland play Indiana. Now, how would you describe me watching Maryland games? Focused. A treat to be around? No, focused. Into the game. Tell people the truth. Don't bother him. Don't talk to him. Don't say anything. He wants to watch the game with no sound and hold his baseball. I have a baseball. I need to have a baseball. I need something to to, to fiddle with, mm-hmm. and then maybe throw. So look out. Uh, it's it's not a treat. I'm not. A, I'm, I have self awareness. I'm not a treat to be around. And Maryland had played phenomenally. They'd never won in Bloomington, great arena. They got a 14 point first half lead, and then all of a sudden, it's Indiana starts playing well. I knew they would. Maryland was up 30 on them in their place. I thought Indiana. It's the kind of game you're going to lose on the road. They're going to get even. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Here comes Indiana. And they're in the midst of this comeback, and like everybody else, you see you see a tweet, and you're like, okay, no way. And then it's like, okay, and now it's Woj saying that this has happened. And Maryland ends up winning that game. Incredible comeback. They're down six with a minute left, and they win this game in, in, in a way where I would have normally been out of my mind delirious. But the details of the game, I had to go back Sunday night late and watch on DVR because the whole thing becomes this blur because you're like it's th- this this death is so shocking and it's so out of the blue that it just I mean I don't want to overstate it like it knocks you to your knees or whatever but it's like it's it's the kind of gut punch where you just can't you can't make sense of it and then and then as you find out his daughter is with him and all those videos of the two of them at the Brooklyn Atlanta game and how much they she loved basketball and the fact that they were going to play in this game I mean just all this is racing around your head I'm 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 a girl dad. 
you're a girl dad times three. And you, your Sunday was was with your family, right? Yeah, we had our our third daughter Olivia's baptism that day. So I'm getting word, like, you know, we're at we're at a restaurant and uh, you know, family, everybody, all friends all around, and then somebody mentions the TMZ thing, and obviously it's just and I didn't have my phone like the whole day. It was in my wife's uh pocketbook and I'm just trying to run around, talk to as many people as I have. I haven't seen people in a while, you know, and then you you know, word starts to pick up and of course everybody's coming over to Did ask you, me. But you know what, first of all, good for you when you're with your family to be present. Mm-hmm. Put your phone down. This is this is we're, we're terrible at this in life in general mm. because it is this connectedness to 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 news and in this moment this this news was just such a stunner but as so as this is you're processing all this people are i mean they have to be coming to you like you're going to be the source you're like i don't know i have I, nothing I, yeah. I, have, I have nothing and then finally somebody showed me the abc thing and then Woj i think came in nope. and i was like whoa like i i i, I you know and then, and then then the number is is different you know and then of the details and i'm just like i i i'm sorry i'm i'm gonna tap out for a little bit I got people here from out of town, you know. So, and you got you got family, and you got real life, like yeah. a moment with your family that should you should be present for. Like, and, and you're not apologizing for this, but I mean, it's just it's the kind of thing where I think when you're in our business, you can you can trick yourself into feeling like you're supposed to be on at all mm-hmm. times, and um, you're not. But this is the kind of thing that whether you're on or not, it's going to intrude on on that because it's it's no doubt. And and, and you see the reactions from around uh, sports. And the sports world, and then just the world, and and the idea of what a guy represented to to Los Angeles, and um, I don't know, man. It's just it's one of those things in sports that's odd because he's not an active player, and yet he represents two active players, their guy. And mm-hmm. this is what this is what I have have come to realize. For me, because I'm I'm my age, Jordan's my guy. Yep, he was the best I saw, and I saw him when he was that guy. If you're 20 years old. Jordan's a shoe, man. Like he's yeah, you've seen videos, but you don't you didn't see him. Mm-hmm. Kobe was probably your guy, and Steve Kerr can speak to that later about how much he represented to to the modern athlete, the modern NBA player, and and the understanding of of how the the mortality. When you're 20, you think you live forever, man. Mm-hmm. And Let's be honest, when you're 41, you should be thinking about living <laughs> twice as long, too. I mean, there's no reason to think that this should have happened. But I don't think I don't think anyone contemplates mortality, especially not for somebody like him, that, that the, the legend of which will live forever. And so I, I think, and unfortunately you and I know this, perspective in life is something you have or you'll get mm-hmm. when it comes to loss. And we both lost. We've lost big. Mm-hmm. And so I wouldn't wish that on anybody, but the only thing I can say about a loss like this for Kobe that is incredibly sad is that I've experienced loss as you have that's as close to me as you can get. And so that insulates me from feeling like I'm personally crushed by this. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I'm not trying to sound insensitive, but like you see people that are just so, so debilitated by this, and I appreciate their sorrow. But I, I think, oh, man, when it visits you, as yeah. it's visited the Bryant family and the families that, that uh, lost loved ones in this, that's real loss, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of loss that there's no overcoming. Um, there really isn't. You just you continue on. Yep. Like, like my dad died and my stepfather died three months apart. I'm 21 years old. Like, okay, there's life before that, and there's life after that. And I've walked a lot of years since then, but is it ever the same after that? Nope. No. And, no. And, and you know what life's like after loss, too. You just... All you can do is your best because you're here. Mm-hmm. I was struck by the way people personalize loss from from someone they didn't know, but who represented something to them. And Kobe clearly represented, you know, on the floor, a guy that these guys in the league aspired to. Been a reaction like I, I can't even picture, and it's as sad as you could possibly be. It's it's the saddest thing that I've seen probably in the sport. I wasn't around for the Marshall plane crash. I wasn't around for the Evansville, you know, that stuff like I just think of come to mind when you, when you think of these kinds of thing and it's just in its totality you try and I mean we're, we're, we're 3 days after and you're just still trying to pick up the pieces of all right, well, who's how about this person? And what I really really took back was there's certain people that have are doing things that I've never seen them do and that just tells me how they are affected 
by this. With certain people that I've I've heard from, you know, when other you know tragedies happen, and we haven't heard from, mm-hmm. and just general people that I know are asking questions that. I've never heard them ask. And it's just, you talk about the perspective. It's like there where I'm like, just relax. You know, you got to relax. And the one thing I would say is be selfish and surround yourself with people that you want to be around. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the most important thing because you got to have a comfort element because things are uncomfortable and they're going to be uncomfortable for a while. And that's the only thing I could say is you got to start to go forward. I understand that. And the best thing about it and the worst thing about it, you're going to laugh your ass off and you're going to cry your ass off. Uh And that's totally fine because in a lot of times you want to celebrate that life if, if, if that's how close you are to that person. And a lot of times you do have to grieve and people are different, but there is, there's no, there's no yes or no about it, but people have to know who they are and what they are. Every day when you wake up and you go in that bathroom to brush your teeth and you look in the, you look yourself in the mirror, you know who you are and you know what you want and you know what wants to make, you want to make happy. And it, from there, you have to create yourself and, and find a line where you are comfortable and you, you understand it and come down back to earth knowing that you didn't think it was possible and people are talking about the bad dream thing. It's, it's real. That's getting through grief when it's, when it's visited you so, so personally. And that's, that's where somebody like Kobe feels personal to people. You no bought doubt. his jersey, you watched him, and you marveled at what he was on the floor. Um, maybe you were lucky enough to cross paths. I shared the story on, on SportsCenter about being at our upfront meetings in New York City, which are, it's an advertising meeting. Every network does them. And we were back in this tiny little hallway, and we got to laughing about him coaching Gigi's team. And I was crushing him. I was like, you must be insufferable. <laughs> like, I can't, like, Mamba mentality. Like, these are 11-year-old girls. I'm like, can they can they run the plays you want? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, no, they can't. I'm like, some of them are sorry. And he's like, all right, not everybody can. But And it was, and I wasn't <laughs> knocking girl. I have a daughter. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I was just, I was making light of 11-year-old boys or girls that just wouldn't be able to be what he would want them to be. And yet he had such self-awareness about what he asked of them mm-hmm. but such joy in in the coaching and the teaching and and i think that that's where you clearly saw this guy growing and i can relate to that as a guy that became a dad late in life how change how kids change your perspective on the world and look if you're younger and you roll your eyes at that just trust big mm. trust <laughs> i hope you know someday that you're wrong to roll your eyes now and that someday you'll be like ah you were right and Jimmy Kimmel did a, a beautiful show. He did an hour-long show, and he said about Kobe, like, I'm not here to canonize him. And we all understand if you want to talk about the, 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 the missteps, you can do that. And no no accounting of, of his life would be complete without acknowledging that not every moment of it was perfect. But in this moment where he dies alongside his child, traveling to go coach her in something that had become a singular, not singular, but a huge part of, of his life and in a huge importance in his life, uh, I think it's I think it's a mistake to focus on on the worst moment of someone's life as opposed to focusing on the moments of joy he provided so many and the moments of joy he was finding he was finding alongside his daughter that that shared this love of of basketball and so that's the part that's heavy to me and and, and I didn't I don't pretend to know no Kobe we, mm-hmm. we we crossed paths and it was cool to get to see him like that it was cool to to be able to have the conversations about that part of his life and to see how clearly that represented what his new focus and passion was, was was to devote it to that. Because that's what we're supposed to do. That's what you were doing on Sunday. You were being present for your girls and your, mm-hmm. and your wife and your family and surround yourself with the people you love. That's what any that's what any and all of us are trying to do. And to think that that's how his life ended is just, it's it's the worst, the absolute worst. What I would like to say about him as a player and people talk about how great he was and how, you know, you heard about the work ethic and the motivation I just think about because I was growing up. I'm a, I'm close to the same age as him, and I remember you know the press conference, sunglasses on the top oh, of the sure. head, like that was that was what we did in high school. And I just think back to looking back now, and it was him and Kevin Garnett, right? Those were the two guys. And I, the whole time I'm going to college, I'm out of college, and I'm just thinking back, and I'm looking at all the other kids. Now the rule changed, obviously, but all the other kids that thought they were as good as him and Kevin Garnett were. And now Kevin or Kevin's in the league because of the size and, and, and what he was, but Kobe was the guard. Mm-hmm. No one, no one had ever done that. No one to to that level. I still, no one has. You know, and and to see how spoiled we were getting these, they were the first two guys to me that tried to do this and they did it. And think about how many other kids thought they 
could do it and thought they were him. And then that just goes back to the work ethic. And it just like I understand there's injuries and certain things happen to other guys, but think of all the guys, the the high school to, to the NBA, and then you just look at him and like he's in his own world when it comes to that conversation. And that's that when you talk about greatness and in its totality, that that's what I think of because he's the only one that I remember that I, in my lifetime that did it to that level. That's why so many of the, today's young stars are, are 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 so crushed by that the idea that that person is gone from this world that devoted himself to craft and spoke of it as craft and was relentless. The Allen Iverson story about after a game and like saying, "Where are you going? I'm going out to the club. Where are you going? I'm going to the gym because mm-hmm. that's where he was going." Like that's and and does, does it cost you things along the way? Yeah, maybe it costs you friendships along the way. Mm-hmm. But may, but what does it make you? It makes you a basketball immortal. And it, it makes it makes your legacy and your name something that will not die. And so he'll be one of those guys that, that is forever remembered for what he did, how he did it. Did he play with Shaq? Indeed he did. Mm-hmm. They, they, they benefited from one another in the same way Jordan benefits from Pippen and vice versa. Nobody singularly no does it. Nobody. Um, but but you're, you're right to point out what he was. But again, like Jordan is the guy to me. Mm-hmm. Kobe's the guy to you. The younger... The younger sets that's growing up with LeBron looks at both of us and they turn up their nose because exactly. of, because I, of, and that's fine. Yeah, that's the beauty. That's that's where along the way we all become the the guy in the barbershop sitting around talking about talking to the youngsters about what they don't know. And just like I didn't see Oscar Robertson and Elgin Baylor and, and I didn't see Wilt. So. And, that, and that's what I was gonna say. LeBron's in his own in his own world because he had the hype. Kobe really didn't. Have, I mean, when you take about go back to it, we had internet, but we really didn't. LeBron yeah, it was, it was, was the fake, guy. It was fake internet. <laughs> the guy was was LeBron was I mean, in his own world because of the expectations, the hype in high school. That's I'm just saying. I know people are, are saying, "Oh, what about LeBron?" When I when I talk about the Kobe road to, to his success, but we talk about the trailblazers. You talk about like yes. and I mean, you could go back to Moses Malone a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. That that's a different time too. But you're talking about look. There's a long list of dudes that tried to do the high school to the NBA, and 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 KG and and, and Kobe were the guys that did it and. Change the change the way people perceive themselves, and many would aspire to be what what he was. And as you say, basically, how many have how many have achieved it? Um, very very few. With that thought in mind, and I, these are our own perspectives, I really just wanted to talk to a guy that, as I thought about this, could you talk to a former player? Sure. And Karan Butler told, has told us great stories about Kobe, just how the different. Best. Steve Blake, hashtag Heaterp, just talking to him about the singular white hot focus on what competing was to him like to, to hear him talk about kobe like i don't ask for story time much when you cross paths with guys like that but like tell me what was kobe like he's like whoa and blake whether he says it or not i know it takes great pride in the fact that his own work ethic that kept him in the league as long as it did earned kobe's respect and i know how much that meant no to steve blake um but you just talked to like a, an og like karan about about him and how did he talk about kobe different than anybody else right? everyone yep that tells me all i need to know about the guy but who's who saw him as a competitive peer as a player? Who covered him on television? Who coached against him? Well, I, I could think of one guy, and that's the guy that I'm happy to welcome in next here on the podcast. Steve, first of all, I thank you for your time, given how much you have on your plate to, to share your time. And, and given the topic, it's such a bummer to have reached out, but I, I did feel like you specifically had perspective as a guy who played against Kobe as a guy who covered Kobe on television, as a guy who coached against him. And I'm curious what it was that you noticed or observed about him in each of those roles that made him what I believe to be unique. Yeah, I mean, there's no question he was uh, he was unique just as Michael Jordan was unique, Larry Bird was unique. Um, there's very few players in, in the league history who you can kind of notice that that quality where you just look on the floor and go, that guy's different. And so it's not just being a great player. It's just being um, transcendent in a lot of ways on the court, the competitive desire, the fire, the unbelievable intensity to win, to get better. And then the impact off the floor, you know, affecting so many millions of lives all around the, the world, inspiring so many people. That's what made Kobe unique and and um and so yeah i I did see it in three different capacities Uh, playing against him you were scared to death of him because you knew he could just win the game on his own and 
covering him was a dream because <laughs> you knew you were going to get an incredible show every night. I think coaching against him uh, was a little different because I caught him at the very end of his career. Right. Um, when I started coaching the Warriors in 15, 14, 15, he was, he was right near the end and, and you know, the Lakers were not the team they had been. So it was more, it felt more sort of like a reflective chance to, to see the, the end of this incredible career. And yet, in the end, and on Monday night on ESPN, we showed that last game against Utah. I mean, he still, he still had it in the bag. I mean, he went for 60. Now, granted, he shot the ball 50 times, but it was, I was talking to Woj about it, and Woj was like, I was in Houston not, like two games before, and he was out of gas, right? There was nothing yeah. left in the tank. Yeah. And, and there's something about the greats in, in any sport that the ability, Steve, to summon it one last time, I feel like that's part of what makes them maybe unique means only one. I'd say rare. And I think it's rare yeah. that we see the, the, the ability to, to give the folks in Staples one last show, but it was still there. Was amazing to me you know no doubt no doubt and 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 despite the fact that he had been banged up and clearly wasn't the same player um at that point didn't you kind of expect him to go go nuts in yeah. that final game well like once, you just expected it once the, he didn't score for a, for a while and then once it went in and it was clear that and, and you're right that team was not any good, frankly, but it was like everyone on the floor was just like, "We're not shooting. Shoot the ball, man." You know what I mean? Like, we're just we're not getting the way of this. Shoot, he. Sh- I mean, 50, 50 shots. But yeah, I did. I did expect it, and I think that's the part about greatness that that's so. It's just so hard to define, and that's why I'm so curious just about about your observations. And you said you you saw it. Did is it is it fair to say that you saw it? Like immediately, like LeBron in Sacramento, that first game, I remember going, "Oh God, he's this is this guy's not the same. He's not some high school guy, right?" You could just see it immediately. I don't necessarily remember it that way with Kobe, but I didn't compete against him the way you did. I don't remember it that way either because he did struggle his his rookie year. You could see he was going to be good, uh, but he wasn't a superstar that very first year like LeBron was. Um, like Michael Jordan was, although Michael was, you know, he had just spent three years in college uh, playing for Dean Smith. So it was a, it was a totally different dynamic. Um, so you, but I don't remember seeing it right away with Kobe. I, I remember it, it coming sort of his second year where it became apparent, you know, man, this guy, uh, this guy's got something special. I, you know what I do remember the all-star game that he played, uh, I think it was in Madison Square Garden. He waved off Carl Malone. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. I think at that point everybody thought, you know, what what a punk! This young <laughs> guy's going to wave off Carl Malone, right? Uh, but in some ways, that was kind of his way of saying, "No, nah, no, nah, that's you know, I'm I'm here, and I'm not showing deference to anybody." And in some ways, that's that's what made Kobe who he was just that incredible self-belief and that was real that was not manufactured that was the real deal the guy to whom he's most often compared and there's a there's an amazing mashup video somebody did of, of the moves of kobe and the moves of michael and they're basically laid over one another and it's stunning how similar they are like is, is obviously jordan and it's it that's an incredibly sharp pencil to use by which to grade because no one's going to stack up. But you said of anyone, it was Kobe that that comparison could, could be made most aptly about it. In what way, Steve, do you feel like that, that, that comparison is, is a reasonable one to make Kobe to Michael? I saw that mashup. Um, and it was amazing. Nuts, isn't it? Similarities. Like every, yeah. every angle yeah. is the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I, I had, I had friends, on the Lakers um, playing with Kobe in those early years. And they told me, they said, that, you know, this guy, he wants to be Michael, like everything about him. Uh, he's, he's imitating Michael, even the way he, he spoke, you know, you could hear some of the inflection points that Michael made um, when he, when Michael spoke, you, you, you could, you could, so it wasn't just seeing 
the uh, the moves and the body movements and the body language. It was even the the voice and the and the, the speech patterns. And, does, does that piss a guy off, Steve? If it's like if it's that if you're trying to to mimic me to that degree, like is that the kind of thing that would do it irritate? Because I can see how it might. I, I you know I never talked to Michael about it. Um, I don't remember him saying anything about it. I just was curious. Um, I'm not trying to create something. I just was curious. Yeah, no, I, I I think there were guys on the Lakers early in Kobe's career before he truly became Kobe who sort of scoffed. You know, this guy thinks he's Michael. Right. You know, um, but he eventually uh, became, I think, the most most similar facsimile to, to Michael of, of anybody. And it wasn't just the things we just talked about, um, but it was the the killer. Uh, instinct the approach at the end of games um the fearless nature of everything that he did and he wanted that shot so badly at the end he didn't want to make a play for somebody else he wanted he wanted to to shoot the ball and and deliver the dagger and that that was exactly who michael was even though michael you know would make the right play and would would pass the ball that's that's not what he wanted to do you know he he wanted to drive the dagger home and and uh, kobe had that exact same mentality how rare is that competitive dna i think it's um especially rare um when it's combined with all world ability you know i I mean i i've seen a lot of incredible competitors in the nba um but it's so rarely uh, paired with that that type of god-given talent and um and that's what was I thought uh, unique about Michael and unique about Kobe as well is, is the combination of the two. Are there any other any other traits in, in that kind of DNA? And you've you've been around the greats both as a player and as a coach that that, that you've observed that, that where they lay over. I mean, there's always circles that overlap to a degree. It's never going to be a perfect marriage of of one on exactly on top of the other. But whether it's a Durant or a Curry or a LeBron or whomever that that. Is there is it is it hating to lose more than it's loving to win? Is that really what it boils down to? Because I've always felt that way about Tiger and Michael. Like everyone likes to win, you know, in anything. Right. But is that is right. that really the trade in the DNA that, that that makes the best the best? I don't know, Scott. It's a it's a really hard thing to define and and quantify. Yeah. Um, that's why I'm asking. What you. I saw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why I'm on this show. Um, <laughs> What I saw with Michael, and I, I think I also saw with Kobe, um, there's what you perceive in the beginning is a lack of self-awareness. You think, man, this guy, he's not self-aware enough to, to realize like that's a horrible shot or you can't make that comment. You can't wave Carl Malone off in an all-star game. Carl Malone's a legend. He was the MVP last year. You can't wave him off, you know. In the beginning, it looks like self a lack of self-awareness. And then as it goes, you realize, no, it, it, it's not a lack of self-awareness. It's, an, it's just this incredible self-belief that becomes a reality for that person because they're so talented and so driven that they just will everything to happen, and they've got the talent to back it up. And all of a sudden... You know, what, what you once perceived as a weakness becomes this incredible strength. And I don't know if that describes it, yeah. but um, that was my perception of Michael and also of, of Kobe. Uh, the, 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 the self-belief was just so shocking. That you could misread it, um, but ultimately it, it was what made them both uh, who they were. If you're going to wave off Malone in your first All-Star game, you know, you're going you're gonna to earn some some pushback but by the end right. but by the end you, the the evolution of his persona and it comes with with five titles um but then just the, the evolution of the man and 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 like jimmy kimmel said on his show the other night i'm not trying to canonize the man or say he's perfect but i do think that that as a father and as the father of girls i think we're allowed to grow in life and i i feel like we saw that i feel like we saw a very different guy and then a, a different guy Post career, which is so rare, Steve, because so many guys struggle with finding a, an outlet for that competitive fire, and I, I just, I'm just so struck by the sadness of of a man who was still evolving. I think so. Apparently, it, it, is that a sense that you share as well? For sure, 
for sure. I, I I remember when Kobe was playing, um, maybe late in his career. I remember thinking and even having this discussion with my NBA friends. You know, there's there's two ways this could go for a guy like Kobe after retirement. You know, one is really really difficult adjustment, not being able to compete, not being Kobe Bryant anymore, and the other would be. A, a, a sense of relief of finally stepping away from the battle. You know, you've, you've been, you've been fighting for 20 years and, and imagine being that driven, that competitive, that hardworking. Um, You'd you have to be relief. Away. Yeah. To, to lay your sword down, just not, not have to step on the, the battlefield, so to speak. Again. Exactly. Just, yeah. Exactly. And I think Kobe laid the sword down the yeah. last few years. And so for me, the, the, the lasting image, what I've been thinking of the last three days since this news came out, is just the the beautiful footage of, of Kobe and, and Gianna at the Laker game about a month ago. And Kobe was pointing out some detail of the game, and, and Gianna was taking it all in and asking a question. And then all of a sudden, she, did, she pursed her lips just like Kobe would purse his lips when he was playing. It was clearly, you know, one of those you know, traits that a, a parent passes on to a child, a, a gesture, a, a piece of body language. But there they were sharing their love for the game. And all I can think of is, <clears throat> is just how how many games they had ahead of them, how many moments to share um, this love for the game. How, you know, how many, how many times Kobe was going to be able to travel to to wherever she was playing, if she had gone to UConn, you know, how many times he would have gone out to see her play and, and enjoy, they could have enjoyed each other's company and, and, um, and the whole family could have you know, celebrated all of that together. And, and that's the expectation. And um, when, when that's suddenly torn away and that image um, of those two on the bench is now, juxtaposed with this this horrible tragedy it's just it's heartbreaking and i think everybody everybody feels that it's just devastating it is that it is that particularly when the story ends uh it just ends it, 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 there's not any sort of gradual anything it's just this 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 abrupt end and it's it's gutting obviously most so for that immediate family and everybody's heart, thoughts are are with them but it's it's crushing to 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 your league, Steve. And I, I'm curious, as you all heard this news, and as so many of your players, so many of whom are so young, that had to have grown up with him as their guy, not Jordan. You and I are of that age where Jordan was the guy. But he, he, Kobe had to be their guy. As this news lands in your lap, how, how did you all process that? We were in the middle of practice. Not even in the middle. We were 15 minutes into practice, and we have – a usual routine that we go through a warm up routine we got music blasting and guys are going through shooting drills and running you know full court just you know just going through their their paces as we prepare to get into the meat of practice it's kind of our usual way to go and and all of a sudden our PR director comes over and he had seen something on his phone and <clears throat> you know he he says something to me and all i can remember is the music stopped and and word made it around the gym within seconds and there was just silence and everybody just stopped and guys sat down where they were um some guys laid down on the floor guys were crying um guys were in disbelief draymond came over to look at the computer where the pr director was to you know just like and and I went over there too, hoping desperately hoping that there was going to be another tweet that said this is a hoax that this didn't really happen. Yeah, we all did. And, yeah, and and we all sat there. Nobody said a word. And about ten minutes in, um, you know, I just whispered to a couple guys, you know, that we're we're not practicing, obviously, and everyone just kind of wandered off and went home. And there was nothing to say. What did he 
did he represent to some to, to somebody like a Draymond or a Steph? Because again, there's a little bit of overlap uh, for for some of them as a contemporary, yeah. even even on the back end. So he that kind of occupied, I would imagine, a, a, an unusual space where yes, he was an uh, an idol, a guy whose poster was on my wall, but then he's a guy who I was leaning against trying to stop that that fadeaway. What I mean, how, how do you best describe what he represents to guys like that? Yeah, we had a chance to talk about it a little bit today with our with our team. Uh, just uh, this was the first time we really had a chance to get together in an intimate setting, and and we talked a little bit about that. And I think Kobe meant something different for for each guy. For most of our players, because we have such a young team, he was he was an idol. You know, he was the guy they watched growing up. Uh, but for Steph and Draymond, he was both a mentor and a, and a contemporary. And Draymond told the story last night to the press about receiving a call from Kobe. And after we lost to Cleveland in the 16 finals and Kobe was consoling Draymond and telling him, you know, Hey, this is all part of it. And you, you know, you do it your way and you keep fighting and you keep going. And, and I know how much that meant to Draymond and, and, but he's been, Raymond's been inconsolable through through this whole thing. Steph has as well. Um, Kobe meant the world to both of them, and he, he meant the world to all of us, including um, you know those not just the fans and the and the media, but everybody who has been involved in the NBA. Um, you recognize that there are certain individuals who have just expanded the NBA's business and world, and you know whether it's Michael Jordan, Larry Bird. Bill Russell, Magic Johnson, um, Kobe is one of one of them. Uh, a guy who totally changed and expanded the popularity of the league, and all of us have benefited from that impact um, that that Kobe made, like like those other guys. I was going to start here, but I decided I'd close here because I thought it, the, the, the conversation would, would be heavy because it is. And I, I wanted at least to have a smile, hopefully, on your face. And, and certainly it would be on mine because what I, what I hold in my hand is a box score. It's from December 17th, 1996, which I believed would have been the first time that you with the Bulls played against Kobe. And, Steve, I'm looking at this box. And you, the people on the floor that night, Shaquille. Byron Scott, Kobe Bryant, Scottie Pippen, Rodman, Jordan, Parrish, Kukoc, you. You, by the way, with Pippen and Jordan and Kukoc uh, combined for 96 in that one. Um, they, <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. They, yeah, they, they, they had the, the 96. Uh, you were 0 for 2 that night, Steve, and you didn't shoot a 3. I'm trying to figure out why you weren't hunting your 3 that night, Steve. Uh, I, 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 I look at these numbers, and obviously I have the benefit of seeing them. Is there anything about that night? One of a thousands and thousands of games in your professional life that that, that you recall specifically. Uh, I remember afterwards the photos of of uh, Kobe and Michael together. You know there were, you know there were there were, you know whether stories in the newspaper the next day, whatever it was. Uh, but I just remember seeing the photos of Kobe, who had idolized Michael obviously growing up, um, asking him during the game for, for advice and uh, at the, whether it's at the foul line or, and I remember seeing that and I remember seeing the photos, but that's the extent of it. I don't remember anything about the game. I don't remember who won. I don't remember how many points Kobe had or yeah, the bulls. How, it, I mean, exactly. I mean, I, I didn't expect you necessarily given the thousands and thousands you play. And so I have the game story and it was, you know, it was Phil talked about it being a big win. I and mean, it was 129, 123, the bulls when it's just, Given the benefit of hindsight, I mean, just to recognize the type of absolute greatness that that was on the floor that evening, uh, and and you've been party to that in so many different uh, roles uh, throughout your time, and I just that's why as we go back, and it's it's amazing now to look at that. That's where the the, the trajectory of a, of a career for for Kobe began, and I don't, I don't know necessarily, Steve, that, that on that night or even in the beginning that people would have imagined that that he'd become this sort of this statesman and this this role model that he became for for the future generations but i i, I think maybe not is is that reasonable yeah. oh yeah i don't think anybody could have imagined uh, that that he would go on to become who he did um except for him he he believed it <laughs> right Right, and I mean, I, and I, I guess that's all that matters. Um, yeah, is, is that that was the path that he intended to chart, and and, and then he did. Um, 
Steve, you, you've been gracious with your time, and I realize that you've got uh, your head coaching responsibilities to tend to here. But on on the way out as a final thought, is is there a, a specific image, memory, moment that crystallizes the way you think of Kobe Bryant on-court competitor? I do have uh, one of my lasting memories. And, you know, one of the things I, I've been asked a few times the last couple of days, you know, what's my memory of Kobe? And that's, it's, it's similar to saying, what's your memory of Michael? And, and the point with those guys is that there is, there is no one memory because they, they were, they were putting on a show every single night. So literally every night there was something to, to marvel at. Um, it's what made them special. But I do have a memory of Kobe in the, West finals when I was general manager in Phoenix and Alvin Gentry was the head coach and we had made a really good run in the playoffs and uh, series was tied two, two uh, or no, it was three, two Lakers were up three, two. And we came back to Phoenix for game six. We had a lead most of the game and Kobe had a series of impossible shots right in front of the Phoenix bench. And uh, that, that completely turned the game. And on a couple of them, he, Kobe literally fell back into the bench and he he slapped Alvin Gentry behind <laughs> twice <laughs> and Alvin Alvin just shook his head just didn't you know it, all all you could do is marvel and smile you know anybody else it probably would have been you know Alvin would have been ready to fight but at that point you just say you just tip your cap and so that game always stands out and uh, Lakers won that game and then went on and, and won uh, won their last title against the Celtics in seven uh, that next series and and uh, that that one that one still stands out to me you've got games to prepare for you've got uh, film to watch and plays to draw up and all the rest and uh, that's more important than this but I'm I'm appreciative Steve that you felt that uh, it was important enough to share these memories with, with the folks that will listen here. And I, I'm really, really grateful. I always appreciate it when our, when our paths cross. And uh, next time, I hope it's uh, talking about something a whole lot more fun than this. Well, I appreciate it. And I always uh, love your perspective, Scott. And that's uh, one of the reasons I wanted to come on was because I knew you'd have a, a unique perspective on this and a, and a uh, uh, some thoughts that would, would be relevant. And, um, you know, I, I think the the one thing I would want to add is that um, you know nine people died on this mm-hmm. helicopter, and the you know we're of course reflecting on the life of Kobe because that's what we do. We're in the sports world, um, but you know I'm just thinking about all those families involved um, and all the lives lost and the dreams dashed and and just the the difficulty that so many uh, people are now facing as they look at life moving forward Kobe's family obviously but so many of the other families as well and I think um, you know they should know we're all thinking about them and and um, just just hoping that they're able to cope and and um, just thinking nothing but but the best thoughts for them. That's well said, and that's something that we said on SportsCenter, that these are names that you perhaps won't know as well, but their families are every bit uh, as devastated as, as the Bryant family. And, and we, we you, as best you can, you, you keep positive thoughts, you wrap them up in, in, in your hopes and your, in your prayers for them that they can somehow get through this. And that's the way, um, as unfortunately you and I, we know loss in our life, and that's you lean on yeah. your faith, you lean on your family, you lean on your friends, and, and hopefully uh, days get better and you move on because we're here and that's what we're meant to do yeah, is to continue right. on. And, and that's what we do. Um, Steve, I appreciate you always. And thank you so much for your kind uh, thoughts about uh, what we do here. And uh, until next time, you stay well, all right? You too. Thanks, Scott. I made no secret of the fact that I'm, I'm an enormous fan of Steve Kerr because like Kobe Bryant, what I appreciated about Kobe, I appreciate about Steve. If you ask him a question, he gives a serious thoughtful consideration and then provides an answer not every player and coach is i start to say equipped but i don't want to insult people's intelligence not not all of them are they're not equipped with the interest to answer your question because they're not interested Mm -hmm. but a guy like steve like kobe was would give you real thought and real answer and i think the depth of his understanding of, of, of kobe was on display there and i'm grateful um for him sharing that perspective now Look, in our business, you try to figure out how to segue, pivot from one thing to another. And a lot of times you can do it fairly smoothly, but this is as abrupt as you can as you can make. I mean, as, as hard a left turn slash U-turn as you can 
to the Super Bowl, which we will talk about now. And it all comes down to this, Super Bowl 54, 49ers and Chiefs. Who's going to be hoisting the trophy and spraying champagne when it's all said and done? One team will end their season on a winning note, and yours can too. This is your last chance to play fantasy football until next season with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Draft your single-game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. Just draft six players from Super Bowl 54, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using code SVP will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a free shot at a million-dollar payday. Get in on the Super Bowl 54 action, download the DraftKings app now, and enter code SVP during sign-up. For a limited time, all new users will get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code SVP and get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. San Francisco is going to win the game, Steve. Oh. Come right out of the gate. Hot take, Scotty. I uh, I like how we used to do this when you would be on site at the Super Bowl with you and Ryan, uh-huh. and we would start on Monday. This is who I like and why. Yep. And it felt like the first couple of years you wanted to change maybe middle through the week, but then you 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 owned up. You bucked up, and, and you got it done. How, how I never got sponsored by Waffle House, I'll never know, because your boy, I, by the time it was over, I would try to figure out a way to give you both, I would try to tease both sides and the over and the under by the end of the week. It's, it, but it's, it's actually, I've been thinking about this a lot because of the guys, you know, we run into and we're fortunate enough to, to, uh, conference championship weekend, Lewis and Ryan are in there and we're talking about the Super Bowl matchup. It's the second half of the NFC game. We know the Niners are going. Clearly. And it's just, like I think the Niners are are the bet more well-rounded team, the better team, and I I I just worry because of how these guys who know a hell of a lot more about football than I do and played at the highest level talk about Mahomes. And with that Mahomes, I the guy who sticks out to me and I said it last week is Tyreek Hill. And knowing how basic uh San Francisco does things on the defensive side, what gives? You know, that's the question here because it's real easy for me to counter with the fact that San Francisco can get pressure without blitzing. Mm-hmm. Their their front can get to you. And what what confounds quarterbacks? I don't care if you're Mahomes or if you're Brady, who's got more rings than anybody. What what beat Brady the two times that the Giants got him? Pressure up front. So okay. However, Brady's not fleet of foot. Mahomes is. His most underrated skill is his ability to extend plays and run and get first downs. No doubt. If you don't get him down and he extends plays and you're a cornerback that's in pretty basic coverage and you hesitate for one second and Tyreek Hill is running, the cheetah is eight yards behind you and it is a touchdown. So the I, paint. I get you. That is that is a that is problematic. That is a concern. But if you're San Francisco and you can possess the football, and what did Kittle tell us their game plan was against Green Bay? Run. Until, Block. The, until the Packers did what? <laughs> Stopped it. Yep. And did they? No. It's easy to talk about how the Chiefs are better defensively late in the year, and they have been. I mean, no argument. I'm not like I. I got an extensive cable package. It's actually a dish. We get all the games at my house. I've seen them all. I know they're better on defense in the second half. I also know that they've dug double-digit holes in the first quarter of both playoff games they played, and they went through the Texans and the Titans to get to the Super Bowl. Say that again. Texans, Titans, AFC South. Little AFC South detour to get to the Super Bowl. San Francisco is a different animal. Kansas City's a different animal than Minnesota and Green Bay. I get that too. NFC North was all they went through. But both teams are excellent. I'm not I'm not in any no way doubt. I'm not disparaging Kansas City. And look, Mahomes, guy's twenty four years old. Okay? <laughs> and it's easy to do that thing where you go, he's gonna get here a lot more. I'll say the same thing, Kansas City, that I said to OKC fans when a couple three dudes who were younger than twenty five years old got to the NBA finals. Enjoy right now. I shouldn't have to say that to you. You haven't been there in 50 years, but enjoy right now. Because you assume, you assume you'll be back. And you might be. But probably best to enjoy right now because you you, you hope for health. And you just hope that the road leads back. And there's every reason to think that it will. But as much as Mahomes is eye candy and their offense has got plenty of ways to hurt you, mm-hmm. I think San Francisco is going to line up. And sure, it's easy to say bully ball, we're going to run it on you. Kyle Shanahan's pretty good, too. 
Excellent. As far as play callers go, and of all the storylines, the Mahomes storyline, haven't been in 50 years, that fan base, you deserve this moment, good for you. On the other hand, San Francisco, I love how their fans call themselves faithful. the faithful. Where y'all been? You guys love to act like you've been having parades the last few years. <laughs> I get it. You've had a hell of a history. Yeah, they've been at the Warriors parades. Bingo. Bingo. You guys have been faithful to the Warriors. That's well put. Nothing to add. But the storylines of on the coaching side of Andy Reid, 15 years after Philly, getting a chance to bring his Hawaiian shirts and his new ideas where he lets players play and all this and that, and the best of who he was as a coach rubs off on them, and they all benefit. The coach, the, the coaching storyline and the storyline of this entire game that I am most interested in is the other guy, Kyle Shanahan. And here's why. He's 40. His dad won a Super Bowl. No, that's not it. It's this. He was the OC in Atlanta. They were down 28-3, to and they lost. And when you screw up on the biggest stage in American sports, you become the punchline to the joke. And it's supposed to be no walking away from that because you're that you're the clown that blew the 28-3 lead. All right. Guess what? Now he's coaching in the Super Bowl. Head coach. Head coach at 40 in the Super Bowl. How'd their offense do? I don't know, top five in scoring and yards. Pretty good. Multiple. They can beat you a number of different ways. And has he heard about it? Sure, he's heard about it. Was he asked about the 28-3 to lead that his Falcons lost in that Super Bowl? Sure, he was. What do you have to say? Everyone asked about like what I learned from that Super Bowl and everything. And um, I wish I could say um, there was some like easy answer that would have fixed us not blowing that lead. But um, you know, I go back and I'm hard on myself on everything. And um, I know the plays I wish I called differently, especially the second 11 pass once we got down there um, that led to a sack. So I wish I called a run there, but... Um, that was about it. Um, you realize how when you're playing against good teams, good quarterbacks, um, that you can never relax. And um, no matter what situation I've been in since then, uh, you can ask our players, you can ask our coaches. I freaked out at Sala when he tried to take the starters out in Green Bay. Um, and Or it was in Minnesota. Yeah, it was Minnesota. Um, and we were up like three scores with two minutes to go, and I freaked out. And then I did the math, and I thought it was all right. But um, you get some of that scars from that and stuff, so guys mess with me with that. But um, besides that, that's about it. I appreciate owning having the scar tissue. You, you're not going to walk away from that and not. But you know what happens when that game goes wrong for them? is that it becomes It becomes his property. Like, it gets laid at his feet. Like, they, like that's because of them. Number one... The Patriots made a bunch of plays, insane plays, Ugh. like plays that they can't make again, the Edelman catch. Yep. And it's one first down here or there. By the way, they had a first down pass to Jones. There's a penalty. They back up. They get sacked out of field goal range. Like There's a number of things. Any one play changes it, but it's like it's all his fault, and I disagree with that completely. Do you? Yes. Because it's it's just it's, it's too dumb. It, it's so convenient to just say it was exactly. him. It's just this convenient guy. Oh, it's called Shanahan's fault. Oh man, that's Shanahan. Okay, number one, why were they up twenty eight to three? Maybe it had something to do with old Shanny <laughs> scheming him up. And maybe what happened on the other end was New England making a load of plays. I don't think you can Easy. say that. Easy, but that's exactly what they made. And in the end. It was a marathon, that game. They turned into a marathon. Bully Everything for, that had to happen, happened. And bully for the Patriots for winning. And it happens. But I'm most Football. interested in a 40-year-old coach, son of a guy that won a couple, who gets there a year after they won four games, and who has a... I, I hate the word swagger. It's the most convenient thing. What about swag? That's worse. Okay. But I just appreciate confidence. Okay. He carries himself with it, and it's genuine. Like, there's a confidence to who he is. There's a belief... Confidence is born out of belief, right? He he has it, and I just appreciate that uh, the the manner in which he carries himself. I think it I think it bleeds into the team. I think he is that because of the team, and I just I think what San Francisco does is the recipe that beats Kansas City. Don't know if it will be on Sunday, but my sense is that it will be. So I like I like San Francisco to win the game. Stanford, Steve, do you agree? Yes or no? That's no. I I. I you agree? Answer, answer the question. If you agreed, you just say yes. You don't. I don't. Okay. I don't. Good. And it's because I talked about it. I've the Chiefs offense is is still scary to me. Uh we mentioned the Chiefs path, but also the Niners path. Wasn't Vikings, Packers. A, a team a team I call the Packers the worst two seed in the history of the sport. 
that wasn't great. But Seattle, Seattle would have been equal. Well, I don't know if they would have been this two seed had they won that last regular season game. Seattle or not, but, would have been the one. Well, actually, they'd have been three. Whatever the hell they would have been, they would have been just equally as as um, dubious. That was Mina Kimes' word. She didn't want to use the word fraud, so she chose dubious. Okay. I mean, it was the same deal. It was a lot of smoke and mirrors there with Seattle during the regular season. I get it. 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 Don't you think somebody scores 30? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That, that seems you think it goes right. over? If somebody scores 30, then it will. You think so? Unless You, I mean, you think it's going to be a one-possession game? 31-17. But how do you hold the Chiefs to 17? That's That's... Thirty-one twenty-four puts it on the number. See, this is that thing that Steve's good at doing, where I I state a position, and then Steve <laughs> asks a very basic question, and immediately my brain is tied in a pretzel, and I'm unable to to to, re- to extricate myself from it. Don't ask me any more questions. I, I just am saying San Francisco is going to win because when I go through like gameplay, like I picture the gameplay, I'm trying to figure out how do you get Mahomes off the field because you got to do that. Oh, I just think about the the style, like the the Niner. Here, all right, here's the thing, Garoppolo. Uh-huh. Right? Obviously, what do you throw the ball? Eight times in an NFC title game. Yeah. Okay? He's going to throw the ball more than that. Yeah, and they won a shootout against New Orleans in the Dome when they, they had did. to. People conveniently forgot that suddenly Garoppolo just sucks because he didn't throw the ball because he didn't have to. And that's what worries me because I think this Chiefs offense is superior to New Orleans. Okay. And time to prepare. The matchups you have, how stubborn the Niners are on, on defense, it really makes me start to think Andy can... Get Patrick doing some things. Let me hit it back to you with a little bit of pace. Isn't the yep. Saints' defense better than the Chiefs' defense? Yeah, at home, it yeah. should be. Yeah. What they score, like 46 in that one? 48? Yeah, 48, 45, yeah, something, something like that. that. I'm oh. just saying. Oh. Just... Maybe it's a shootout. The over-under is fascinating to me. Uh, I, I've read guys all out all, all two weeks in Vegas. One, yeah. guy didn't, one guy didn't get an under bet in three days, and that was a $200 ticket. You can compare. You know you know what the money's coming in on the Super Bowl. Ooh. And it's it's... The number is is I mean it opened at fifty one. It's at fifty four. I just I like I said. I think somebody scores thirty, but then I keep coming out like thirty one twenty three, thirty one twenty. Like so, it sounds to me like for the people that are curious, it sounds like Steve has a Chiefs play and a lean to low. Yeah. Okay. But I also could see myself taking the Niners in the you, under in a teaser. What are you, Van Pelt? <laughs> you're Van Pelting yourself. You're trying to take. You're trying to. Here's. Your I want to win as many things as possible. I get that, but just pick, pick. Then, then here's pick one ticket. Okay. And take whatever's in your pocket and smash it down there and say, Van, Stanford Steve has got this. Game is going to be decided by exactly three points plus three fifty. I'm in. Late field goal. All right. Why not? Exotics. Will either team score in the first seven minutes? Yes. Oh, I like no. How about tight end porn we got in the in the Super Bowl? Kelsey over under six catches. Uh over. Kittle five and a half. Under. Ooh. Decoy. <laughs> uh Mahomes rushing yards, twenty seven and a half. Over. Now that's that over. You do think because that's that's what I think it comes down to is how many does he stay disciplined enough just like he did in the Tennessee game on that one drive where they got it I think the two possessions where he just scrambled got enough for the I'm not talking about the the run before the first half I know you know it's the third and five runs that kill yeah. you yes you got to get them off the field what what's the what's the total there twenty what twenty seven and a half are his rushing yards over okay because he's going to run he'll have to run and he get. All you got to do is get two or three seven or eight yard runs, and you're almost there. And I love that's math, folks. You see how I did that? Don't you do film too? I took some film classes. It's been discussed. My favorite one is under Garoppolo twenty eight pass twenty eight and a half pass attempts under. Yeah, that's my favorite one. That's the twenty eight and a half. Yeah. Wow. Two thirty seven for yards for him. But twenty that they're begging you to bet under twenty eight and a half. No, that's. Yeah, we're gonna. I, I'm gonna get some exotics. I'm gonna go heavy action parlay over. I heard Garoppolo one prop bet throws that under involves, total. involves politics. So we don't do don't do politics. I, said, I just said it's a no. It's a no win game. We're not man. doing it, but I heard it. Well, there you go. Stay. Here's the thing I heard about politics featuring Stanford Steve. What are we doing for food for the Super Bowl? Because we were watching it together. I know. I don't. Well, I'll. You know. We'll do what we always do. I'll ask, and then I we'll, think everybody should bring in something. What do you think of that potluck? Yeah. All right, there you go. Then we can find out who likes to spend money on our show. 
Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to cater my portion. <laughs> like, you're like, what am I going to do? Bring in a bring in like a baked bean thing and a one of those one of those what are those dishes called? Cheese dip. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about the pots. Those what the hell is the name of them? Chafing dishes. This is just a dish. There's a, there's a you, name. You're bringing a crock pot, man, pal? No, but there's a specific name for those those casserole uh, dishes. Like, it might be a brand name. Artichoke dip? Steve just is continuing <laughs> to say food items. You're a cheese ball guy, aren't you? No, I, no, I don't. No, I'm not a cook. Again, I will find someone that will make us proper food and pay for Some that homemade food. homemade guacamole? No. Human wrists. Yes. I don't work on Sunday, so I'll be hanging out with some Tito's if you want to come over and hang out with me. That'll be a little better. We're going to pass on that. Nope. Um, got to work. We got to, yeah, I got to, no days off. We're just here for you and to do the podcast. I think this is this, we've reached a portion where we're just, we're just saying food items and not being able to name specific brands of dishes. Now it's time for me to tell you about this, right? Every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real. Is it really a crime going on or not? All the alarm company can tell them is that the motion sensor went off. Simply Safe Home Security is different. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. This means police dispatch up to 350% faster than a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning as well. It's 24 7 monitoring by live security professionals. You can set up your system yourself, no tools needed, or Simply Safe can do it for you. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Visit slash SVP. You'll get free shipping and a 60 day risk free trial. You got nothing to lose. Go now. And be sure to go to simplysafe.com slash SVP so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafe.com slash SVP. What are what are you most looking forward to on your on your forty eight hours in Miami? Uh just seeing people, crossing paths with the good people. You okay. know, it's we, we're in and out, just there for we are. We're there, duty, professional style. Yeah, duty calls. Here's the thing about the Super Bowl. I'll close with this. Yes. This the, the pros the pros do this. The pros arrive well before the game, and the pros depart well before the game. Uh, it, w- you're, we're always salmon swimming upstream on a Saturday night heading to the airport to leave town. And those people that are showing up well-oiled on sa- on Saturday night, like looking for the good time, you have missed the boat. It's too late, and you're the ones. You're the ones on Monday morning. They're going to be reeking of bad judgment booze and bo as you're standing deep 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 in the line at the counter trying to change your flight you're the ones on monday that are going to be doing that and the rest of us are going to be chuckling chuckling the contented chuckle of the veterans that know nobody should be in town for a monday morning flight the day after the super bowl Mm -mm. i had to do it last year in atlanta i've never seen the line longer it went all the way down downstairs to baggage claim that's where it was. I mean, and you just... I wish you were there to see it. How was Detroit that year? How would I have handled that, by the way? Of all the people you know, who who's the least equipped to deal with that? High on the list, me. <laughs> You're in your own <laughs> world in that one. Right, Detroit, after Pittsburgh and Seattle, there were people in, like, Zuba's <laughs> pants and Bettis jerseys with, with pennants, and I was just like, I will never <laughs> do this again, and I haven't. You and Mr. Everett? Uh, Is that you and Mr. Me, Everett? Neil and I were there. Neil and I were there. Someday, someday I'll tell you the story of the, the party that Kevin Frazier and I went to. We'll save that for a we pod down that. the line. Yeah. Gonna, you know, we'll have Kevin Frazier on because he yes. needs to back me up on this story. Okay. The tease is this. What if I told you that it, the Super Bowl in Detroit, that Scott Van Pelt and Kevin Frazier went to a party and Scott was the only white person at the party? 30 for 30. White boy Scott. He done it. Um, we'll get, we'll get Frazier on because that was... I remember he sent you pictures from he, that night. Yes, he did. That is, that was, is. He still had them. Yikes! No, nothing bad happened. Only good things happened. It was all love. I, I have, I've rarely had more fun at a party. Um, all right, so we'll get Kevin Frazier on the pod to tell the Detroit Super Bowl story, story somewhere down the road. And um, hey, you guys want you guys want my phone number? Like it's not to my cell. 
I mean, on Twitter, giving having Twitter is like having my phone number anyway because you can send me a message anytime you want. But we can't play that. Understood. But that it's why the great Wright Thompson said of Twitter, why would I want to – let me do my Wright Thompson for you. It's about Twitter. It's why he quit Twitter. Why would I want to let somebody I don't even know tell me, f*** you on my phone in my pocket? I don't know, right? I don't know. That's Twitter. But I'm giving you a phone number where you can leave us voice messages, and then maybe we'll play them. It'll be like the old mailbags, only with your voice and your questions. So you want to ask us a question, maybe we'll get to these? Or just maybe maybe you want to just give us an attaboy and say, hey, we think you're doing a good job. We like we like how you're how you're kicking it in the podcast space. Whatever you want to do. 860-506-5884. Again, the number 860-506-5884. Wait, did I say too many numbers? I think you did. All right, let's do it one more time. As if it's an ad. All you've got to do is call 860-506-5884. Once again, 860-506-5884. Leave us a message. Tell us we suck. Whatever. It's fine. It's all good. It's all love. One more time, Wright Thompson. Why would I want to let somebody I don't even know tell me, F*** you on my phone in my pocket? The SV Pod is presented by DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports.